Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. You're all very welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarlath Regan, and Irish running legend, Sonia O'Sullivan. Well, on the 24th of August, I could barely run two kilometres, and this weekend I completed my first 10k with the help of you guys and Sonia, of course, over on Strava.com, our running club. The support of those people was really immense. I can't, I kind of can't believe that I did it. It's all, of course, part of our Irishman running abroad challenge, but last weekend was all about the great pink run. And it's weird, Sonia, my first thought, the second I hit stop on my watch was that I didn't stop at exactly on 10 kilometers. So my time of 59.59 registered as an over an hour, 10 kilometers. It's all splitting hairs, but it does tie into what we're going to talk about today, which is the immediate impulse to go, oh, I wonder could I run that faster and how we train for speed. Well, yeah, I suppose the good thing is that um You've, you've room to improve anyway, um, because you were, but you, you were can't just it closer, give it to you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you were cutting it very close, 59, 59. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm glad that you ran the extra little bit because, um, you know, you always want to make sure that you, it would be worse if you ran 9.9 kilometers. So at least you know that you definitely ran 10 kilometers and a little bit extra. You know, and that was the aim really was to, to cover the distance and to, you know, to cover it comfortably and to, to feel good about doing that. You know, that's all a part of training is that you you build up a good base, a lot of endurance. And then once you, you know, know how far you can run and what you're capable of, then instead of thinking, oh, can I go further? You think about how can I do that better? So then you do similar training, but you actually become a bit more specific in your training and especially now if we're going to look at doing a 5k in a couple of weeks time and um, you'll be a little bit more specific and then that's where you'll see the improvement in the speed. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's uh, that's our next event is on October 31st. For those listening, uh, the first event of the Irishman running abroad challenge will take place on Halloween. Uh, it's all in aid of Jigsaw.ie, our chosen charity partner, amazing Irish charity, uh, helping young people back home develop the mental health skills required to survive in life, not just a pandemic. And you know, it is a different challenge and I'm trying to ring this bell a lot this week because if there's one thing you've taught me and I've learned across this is that everybody has their own race to run and everyone is at their own level. There's no judgment. And in 
so many ways that that echoes what jigsaw is all about everybody has their own mental health challenge nobody can see it nobody can know it but what we do here with the challenge is we set our bar as high as we can my bar is 2000 kilometers in one year what's yours we'll come over to idonate.ie now and register for the irishman running abroad challenge and set your goal get some sponsors and we can raise an awful lot of money for jigsaw.e so two weeks out son you say we'll do this as a 5k and we got one message from one listener saying that i had <laughs> i had been to your advice to just do 5k and get better at those 5k in favor of the 10 which really wasn't the case in, in a lot of ways i think i wanted to do the 10 for what you just said which was just to see, well, where is my base? What is what 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 is a challenge for me? I recognise that it probably was a a step further than I thought I'd be at this point. But it it just honestly, we talked about runners high a few weeks back. There has to be something psychologically for runners to go a little bit further than they thought in order to build self belief, right? Yeah, well, you, you get a lot of confidence, you know, from, um, I suppose, extending yourself and pushing yourself to do something that, you know, I suppose, n- not, uh, just a couple of months ago, you never imagined that you'd be out there running 10k and bouncing around after it and thinking, what's next? You know, even today, you were telling me how good weather you're having over there in London, and you said it was great weather for running. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's crazy. You know, that's your kind of mindset now as you're thinking about, you know, what's what's good for what you're enjoying at the moment. And, and you know, that's all part of it to be out there and, um, you know, I suppose having a, a target and a purpose to, you know, the, the runs that you do throughout the week. And, you know, we have these things to aim for, like, you know, the 10K this weekend, that was all about distance and endurance and just getting the distance done. And you would notice a lot of runners who maybe even run even just the 800 metres and 1500 metres, they do a lot of runs that would be a lot longer than that in their training because really? they're building up a big endurance base. Yeah. And once you have that solid endurance base and it's more about, you know, just getting your body, I suppose, accustomed to to running and um, running for a long time so that then when you do run for shorter and faster you're a bit more ready for it you know and it's mentally you know it's kind of it seems easier even though you're working harder you're out there for less time so you you can put in a much greater effort um, to, to get a faster time well I definitely felt the benefit of a thing that you'd been including in your running plan for me each week which as I say to the listeners every week is available for you to enjoy if you're patrons of Irishman Abroad over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad you can get to see what the plan is if maybe you'd like to see how exactly Sonia has accelerated this development for me I think it's these tempo runs, these, you can explain it better than me, but I really felt the benefit of these, I guess it's high intensity, 90% short runs, then a little bit of recovery, eight or so of those, and then 10 minutes of light, kind of easy conversational running, as we called it last week, where you're able to sustain a conversation uh, for the 10 minutes either side of this very intense 
pushing it and running at a pace that you couldn't comfortably run at for more than, say, a minute to two minutes, I don't know, a 90% pace. It was weird that I really felt the benefit of those. I could nearly feel my body going, that work is paying off here. What were you doing when you programmed those? I watched a video on YouTube that said that this is the best way to increase VO2 max, whatever that is. Um, yeah, well, that's the ability to transport oxygen around your body, and you know, the more the quicker you can do that, the more efficient you will be run at running a faster pace. Um, but that's very technical to go mm. down that route. Um, <laughs> okay, let's so keep it simple for now. Then, basi- basically, when you do interval training, so that's when you break the training up into different paces. What you're doing is that you're running at a faster pace for a shorter amount of time. So you're just getting your your heart and your lungs and your legs, you're training them to be able to run at a faster pace. So that then when you come back and you run at the pace you want to run for an hour or the pace you want to run for 20 minutes, that would be a lot slower than the interval training that you're doing. But you're able to do that feels much more easy to do it because you've been operating at a higher level. So then when you come back to that slightly lower level, you can do it for longer and you know over time you train yourself to go for longer at a i suppose what would i would call like a decent pace you know for for example over 5k or 10k so you'll be able to get further at a higher pace and you'll be able to kind of um spread your effort more evenly because you'll be more efficient and it takes time to do this you know it takes weeks and weeks of building on it and you know some weeks you might be expecting that you'd feel better and you don't. Um, and that's where you have to be really patient and you just have to persist with the training. And I always say it's a bit like you're, you're waiting to turn the corner. And um, I would probably have experienced this, you know, at the end of a long season of racing, you take a bit of a break and you basically detrain and you get unfit. And then I've got to start all over again. And it's not a very nice feeling to have to start again and build back up the training to get back to that smooth, nice feeling that you had not too long ago. And sometimes it can take a long time. And I always say, oh, I haven't turned the corner yet. And when you turn the corner is when, you know, you head out the door for a run without even thinking about it. And you can think about other things while you're running and the time goes by really quickly. You know, a bit like, you know, if you do the same drive regularly, and there's certain landmarks along the way. And sometimes you think to yourself, did I go past that church? Yeah, you're and on you autopilot. And you don't know how you yeah. got past it because, yeah. you know, you're you're in your own little world because it's nearly like you're doing it on autopilot. Yeah. Um, and so it can take a little bit of time to get to that. But once you get there, then that's probably like the, the greatest feeling that, that runners have is that it's it's effortless. Wow. Wow. Well, I I really look forward to that because to be to be fair, right? So 10 is my biggest effort and whatever your biggest effort uh, as a listener, you'll know uh, this feeling that I'm about to describe. I did it Saturday evening on a whim, kind of. I went for a walk with Tina and Mikey and uh, the sun was coming down and it just the place looked beautiful. Like I just find autumn so gorgeous and bearing in mind John Connell's book last week just observing the nature of it and being in it I was like you know what now's the time 
I'm just going to go and do this. I said, well, like, I, like you had said to me, get it done in under an hour. Well, that was my target. Don't go out too fast. And I was, it was done. And it, it felt so strange to have it done. Then there's this, obviously, a day of rest the next day. And you sent across the plan for this week. And my first thought was, oh, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to do that on Monday. I'm sure everybody feels that uh, just brief moment of not hopping out of your skin after your biggest effort, but feeling a little bit like, can I can I get back on the horse and do that? You've obviously know what that feeling must be like, because so many times you've come through a high emotional moment and then had to go back to, as you say, the drawing board. What tips would you give to people who are feeling what I'm feeling right there? Yeah, well, that's, I suppose you would find that a lot of, you know, when you're, when there's a big build up to something and, you know, it's not just about the actual day and the event that you're building up to, but everything that leads into that, you know, every run you're doing is, you know, you're thinking where that's taking you to. And then there is a bit of a letdown after, you know, you've actually done what you set out to do. Mm. And then you're kind of thinking, oh, is that, is that it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're looking for the, you're looking for the fireworks and the (laughs) cheering. You know, you'll get that eventually when we throw you into a big event, when everybody can run together again. And then you'll really be bouncing off the wall. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely some some listeners got in touch on Strava and said that like the key here is to set the sights on the next thing and to, to kind of get your get your head straight as to that wasn't it. There's there's more to cover. I certainly have a, a lot to cover. And that's why I, I bring up the speed thing. Am I right to think, right, well, let's let's get get 5K run at a really good pace. Um, well, yeah, I mean, now you what the thing is, you have to, yeah, it is a good idea to, you have a little bit of a kind of a relax and a celebration and, you know, maybe a bit of ice cream or something or <laughs> a pint on a Sunday night. And then you're ready to start again on Monday. And, and you do, you kind of put aside what you've just achieved and you've got to look forward again. And in a way to look forward, you have to look backward and, check up on you know the time that you ran for the 5k initially when we first did the 5k and you did the laps of the green field and you look at that time and you think okay well that's my target now for the 5k the next time and um you know there's there's no doubt that you'll be able to go faster than that so that's like the worst case scenario uh, but it's how fast can you go and you know this is without you know um, without overextending yourself or, you know, setting off at high speed, you know, at the start, again, you still have to balance out your effort. Um, but you just have to set out at a little bit faster pace and um, yeah. and carry that through the full 5K. Um, but you know you'll be able to do that now because you've gone 10K. So, you know, 5K, half the distance, twice the speed, maybe. Uh, <laughs> three quarters <laughs> the speed. Well, I do, I, I do <laughs> think you can do I, I, I do have a goal in my head. I sometimes think, and I certainly feel this with Irish people, that ambitions are very fragile things and that sometimes you're better off not to show them to other people because they'll, they don't know how to handle your ambitions. They'll break them because they don't like a piece of Lego. You constructed it, so you're better off to keep it to yourself and then 
under promise and over deliver i have ideas in my head as to what i want to do with that 5k on uh, october 31st for jigsaw and you know faster and i guess more enjoyable is is the key you've written down into this week's plan those interval runs today you also included hill running now this is again a question that's come in from the listeners time and time again i'm delighted that we're getting to it today explain the benefits of hill running and uh, maybe to to me as the absolute noob what kind of a hill am i looking for <laughs> to get this thing off the ground okay well um you de- you you need to find a hill that's quite runnable now you say what's that <laughs> so it's not a very steep hill like Correct. it can be any kind of a gradient and you know when you're starting off you can get a very gentle slope and mm. you know go with that and then you might as you're doing your runs around the place you might see oh that's a good hill i'll try that the next time but it's good to have a nice smooth surface and to have a hill that yeah that you can get a good speed on so you know you can really get going on it so you don't want to be crossing roads and um you know, your folk, when you're running up hills, what you're thinking about is picking up your feet. So, as you know, they're, they're going to fall down by themselves. So you just think about picking your feet up and using your arms. So the hill running really helps with your running form and technique. And, you know, running, if you look at um, the Kenyan runners particularly, they have a very much a forward lean and it's a very kind of um, efficient running style. It's kind of they're they're already moving forward before they're even moving and so by running you up a hill you're running into the hill and so you lean forward a little bit and then you use your arms and your legs to help you to drive up the hill and you think about that when you're going up the hill so the effort is all about going up the hill and then the recovery and getting back down you know that's just you know you don't you don't worry about what time it's taking you to do that your whole focus is is on the getting up the hill and you know you're not going hell for leather so you're going at a a good pace you know you're you're trying hard and you're breathing hard it gets it works aerobically on you as well but you still have to balance it a bit because you know you've got to get through i don't know what was it did i give you what you gave me here yeah so i have down here uh either five minutes uphill running or eight by 30 seconds uphill so i guess the you know i remember doing boot camp in bushy park in temple oak and hill hill sprints seemed to be something that they adored doing on you but i was terrified of ruining my knees coming back down because you were kind of exhausted on a hill sprint and i was aware that if i could i could twist a knee here because I'm kind of you know the way you know what I mean like you're a bit sloppy coming back down you're not really holding yourself the way you would sometimes you'd you'd nearly feel like rolling back down the hill you'd be so exhausted at the at the top with what you've just said there am I better off to find are our listeners better off to find a long slow incline or are the eight 30 second hill sprints more beneficial with a steeper hill and then the 30 seconds break after each yeah no i i wouldn't go too steep and you definitely need more than 30 seconds break at the end okay so it'll take you at least a minute if not a minute and a half to get back down and ready to go again 
so I wouldn't go too steep. I'm I'm not very good on the angles now. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look. I'll have to ask somebody about that. I'll <laughs> well, give an example a of a hill. And, it's a hard thing to describe really what kind of hill we're talking about here. But I, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, we all have our favourite hills, I suppose, and sometimes mm. your favourite hill might be one that's not too steep, because if it's too steep, then you can't go fast enough mm. and you can't do it properly. So you've got to get it like definitely runnable, one that you feel good running up it. And now you can either have a smooth for 30 seconds. It's probably OK to have a smooth road hill. But if there's a nice grass hill near you or a trail, then the softer surface will definitely benefit you on the jog back down as you say rather than to be you know really mm. jarring your legs into the ground running down so i would definitely take it easy on the way back down so one and you're, you're nearly kind of running holding yourself back you know and really not running into the hill on the way down at all right. so it's hardly running it's just a, it's a real slow jog yeah so when you said the uh, these i don't know am i calling the right thing when i say tempo runs or these uh, intervals that we said we're doing on Monday, which is just the eight, eight hard, hard ones, and and then one minute off. I found that I, I was when I did them up and down a pitch, so I ran for the minute, the length of the pitch, then took a light jog to the other corner flag, and then did it the other way. That I actually didn't get the same benefit that I would have got when I did it within a long straight run am i imagining that when i say that because do you get what i mean there that like you could either do it around in a rectangle or include the harder push within a longer straighter run with the brakes just easing off is it just all the same thing am i is that in my head um, yeah it's the same thing i mean it's whatever you prefer like i would definitely prefer to run to a field or a track and do it in a confined space. So I'm running pretty much the same minute every time, having my rest and either coming back or like you say, running across and down the other side. So I think mentally for me, I can see my, I can run harder doing that than if I'm just in a continuous run and doing a minute fast, jogging a minute and, and you know, continuing along on the loop. But it depends, that's different for different people. And, you know, I think that's where, you have to find what you like doing and how you can fit in the, I suppose, the, the specific training into a route that you like doing and how you like to do your run. And that definitely is an individual thing. Um, but as long as you feel that you're putting in the effort and you're getting the benefit, then you decide which way you're going to do that. What if, Sonia, I do this, and I'm, I'm asking this question on behalf of listeners who ask me this question, that they do it, right? they try this burst of runs to increase their speed with a little bit of a break in between, and they don't get to the eight. They don't manage. It just seems too much. I certainly felt that the first time I did this, that I was like, I'm not going to hit the target of eight of these is it wrong to get hung up on the number like are we to focus on actually getting to exhaustion uh no no uh, you don't have to do like that's the thing is we can all be ruled by these numbers and you know doing what we're told to do and sometimes you have to listen to your body and you know typically if if you're getting to that point then you've probably gone a little bit too fast in the early ones if you're feeling that, oh, this is going to be way too hard to finish this. And so then you do have to 
stop and say, okay, I'm, I'm happy with six. That's enough. You know, there was the great John Walker from New Zealand. He went to the track one day in the middle of the European track season and he did, I think, one or two 400 metres and then he put his tracksuit back on again. And um, there was a few people around. He said, are you all right, John? And he said, oh, you know, in grand, he said, I, I, I've, I've enough done. I feel good. So then why would I need to do any more? <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just, you're just doing it because it's written on paper. Whereas if you're just going out there to, you know, this is, would be like getting ready for a race. But, you know, if you're doing a, a block of training, you can't be stopping like that all the time. But you do need to listen to your body. And, you know, if you feel like you've enough for today or if you don't feel good today, then you might just go out there with the intention of doing an interval session but you don't feel right so then just I would just do an easy half hour run and say no I'll do it tomorrow and that could be it could be physically it could be mentally that you're just not ready to you know commit to the hard effort on that particular day and sometimes you have to wait and and do it when when the time is right yeah a bit of self-kindness does go a long a long way Uh, I think the important thing that I've learned is just not to you know put the ball under your arm and walk home that actually just doing something is better than nothing in those situations i want to give a big shout out to everyone who took part first of all in the great pink run this weekend a second big shout out to everyone in the irishman running abroad running club on strava.com it's easy to find uh, Laura McNulty, Rachel Calvi, Seamus McAteer, Matt Moran, Neil McLaughlin, Amy D, Ian O'Brien, Greg Barry, Gillian Ryan, Trevor Cummins, all these people who just sent the nicest comments and just, uh, if I could emphasise one thing to the listeners, is that Strava can appear a bit like, oh God, I don't want all my running on view, and I get that. But honestly, I've never come across a place containing so much positivity Maybe that's just me, but I certainly get that from people, that there's only support to be found there and you can limit what is visible. Am I getting special treatments on you or is it a very, very positive place to be? No, it, it's definitely a very positive community on Strava. I mean, you know, it's it's a nice kind of interaction area for people who have a common goal and they're all in there you know, sharing their training and sharing their runs. And, and it's I love the maps is my favorite thing. You know, if you see where someone is running and you can go in a bit closer and see, oh, where's that now? I'd like to try that someday. So I think that's really nice, you know, to help people to explore. And, and it was fantastic on the weekend to see so many people out joining in for the Great Pink Run. I think overall there was over 15,000 people signed up altogether. And they raised over 850,000 euros, which is amazing, you know, at the time that we're in when, you know, everybody's out there doing it virtual. And, you know, I came back from my run on Saturday and bumped into a few. It was mostly, oh, there was a few boys, but mostly girls all dressed in pink <laughs> coming down the street. Uh, so it was fabulous to see. And on Sunday as well, there was there was more people out. Um, so, it, you know, it's great to see people you know getting together in their small groups and um you know all with a common goal of you know getting themselves fit and healthy and then having these targets to you know put their i suppose what they can do to help other people 
and to raise the awareness and funds for the Breast Cancer Ireland and the Great Pink Run was fantastic. I know you bumped into. Thanks for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks is the is the thing that I want to express here. Great gratitude for everyone who did that, raised that money and got in touch. Uh, I know you bumped into a couple of people that are preparing for the Dublin City Marathon, the virtual one, and we want to wish everybody best of luck who's doing that. Obviously, I won't be doing that this year, but that is the goal for next year. I remember Rick Patino was the coach uh, at Kentucky University who kind of changed my mindset as a teenage athlete to, I guess it's a Roy Keane thing, you know, doing your homework and then being able to relax. And that that's why we do the work is so that we can relax and enjoy the actual performance of the activity. He talked about the benefit of having goals and dreams and being able to decipher between what your dream is and what your goal is and how your goals get you to your dream. The dream is the Dublin City Marathon for me at the moment. I'm way off. Like I'm I know I'm way off. How far off am would you think I should set the goalposts for a half marathon? A half marathon, I would say, well, we've got to go through the winter here now, so it's it's not, it's a bit harder to get out there and do all the miles in the winter. So I would say springtime. And we might even, I know there's been someone on there inviting you to the Sonia O'Sullivan Cove 10 mile next yes. April. <laughs> and, um, hopefully we'll be doing that in person. So mm. that's, I mean, I would say, you know, even as far away as that um, to be looking for 10 miles. So I would say springtime at the earliest for a half marathon. And you really need to, you know, because it's, it's very easy, like I said before, to, you know, look at going further and, you know, rather than my thing would be, OK, you've got to 10K now, let's get good at this and make this really solid. And that builds up your confidence and your belief. And you talked about speed work and you'd often see athletes who do an interview after a race early in the season and they'd say, oh, yeah, and I haven't even started my speed work yet. But speed work is too general a term, you know, and if you go out there and you start lashing it around the place, you know, you're opening yourself to possibility of getting injured so you know you do have to take the steps along the way and the stepping stones and so for me speed work would be to be focusing on more specific training and specific training towards what you're trying to do and you know like you mentioned before you've got a few hills this week so you'd be doing you know more hills than you're likely to do in your race or your time trial you'd be going faster than race pace so that then when you actually go the race pace it feels more comfortable and then you go longer than the race which is what you did last week 10k and you know you'll be doing that over the coming weeks as well so you're always pushing the barrier a little bit further in the training so that you have it's like putting money in the bank you know so you've got all this in there and then you can make once you've got a lot in there and you're earning interest so you're you're kind of um, absorbing the training. So the benefit, you're getting the benefit as the weeks go on. And then you can draw something out for one big effort. And then that's where you put in the test, you know, to see how beneficial the training um, has been over the weeks. Well, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left, Sonia. uh, And I thought that with the weather being what it is in Ireland right now, I'm just looking at the radar there and you are 
going to get smashed by an awful lot of rain in the next 48 hours. And we are looking at a big change, as you said, in the season. I don't know what to wear sometimes going out there because, as you say, you generate so much heat yourself, but then you can get caught out. And the last thing you want, particularly with a pandemic on, is to develop symptoms and then suddenly not be able to go anywhere, even though it's just a cold that you picked up running. Now, you and everyone had a good old laugh at my pink bomber jacket that I had on for the Great Pink Run this weekend. It was donated to me courtesy of uh, Tina, my wife. I love that pink, pink bomber jacket. I won't hear a bad word said about it. I didn't wear it running because if there's one thing I've learned, it's that layers are nearly the enemy with this. Well, what advice would you have for people as to what's the best stuff to wear in these kind of changeable autumn months? Yeah, well, it's always good to be aware of the weather that you might be facing as you head out the door. And I suppose the good thing with rain is that it's never too cold when it's raining or it's it's often not too cold when it's raining. The problem is that you can get cold um, when you're out running in the rain. Um, so it's always a good idea if you're running in the rain to, you know, if you can start from home so that, you know, you're straight in and um, get changed in a shower straight away. Now, if you do happen to drive to where you're going to run and it's it's raining, then I would always and I would do this all the time anyway, no matter what the weather is, bring pretty much a full change of clothes and get on, get out of the wet clothes as quickly as possible. And, you know, whether that's wet from the rain or wet from the, the sweat and the effort, because you do cool down quickly after a run. It's very important to get dry clothes on straight away. But for the rain, um, my number one tip is to wear a, a baseball cap of some kind, um, because the peak of the cap, it takes the rain away from your face. And when you don't have that rain coming into your eyes, sometimes you can feel like you're not even running in the rain. Yeah, it's amazing. True. It makes, it never makes even a thought huge about difference. It. That really makes a big difference. And, you know, oftentimes you see the rain and you think you have to put a raincoat on. But, you know, you get very, some of these raincoats can be very um, waterproof. And then they're a bit like running around in a plastic bag. You build up a lot of heat and sweat very quickly. So sometimes you have to weigh up if you really do need to wear a rain jacket or if you wear some, like I would wear a T-shirt of some kind or a long sleeve T-shirt that's quite tight fitting because if you wear anything baggy, you know, it'll pick up the rain and it gets very heavy and that's no fun to be running around in. Absolutely. Um, so a tight fitting shirt. And then when they get wet, it becomes like a wetsuit. And it actually, because it's so close to your body, <laughs> the heat off of you heats up the things. So you don't feel the cold. Well, there's some few pro tips in there and a few bits and bobs I wasn't expecting to hear. But that actually has a lovely way to finish, Sonia. I think next week I have an idea for us to exchange maybe the tips and coaching that you've received and I've received that have been game changing. I often think that we are overloaded with tips and advice, and I hope that our podcast doesn't add to the noise and white noise that's out there. But I thought next week we might just look at the things that we've been told through the years that actually made a difference. The real coaching, the coaching mantras and ideas that stuck and really made a change. How does that sound for next week's episode? Yeah, no, that sounds good. 
And, you know, I look forward to interacting, you know, with the questions from the listeners because, mm. you know, we're here to help them, not just to have a chat amongst ourselves. <laughs> yeah, um, so the best so way to send those go, in. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, be- just before you throw that out there, I just want to wish the best of luck to a few people doing the Dublin Marathon this weekend. The virtual marathon, I met a few lads out running on the weekend. Adam Flood and Simon Keegan are doing their very first marathon and they're doing it virtual. And they'll be doing that around Cork. So anyone who's out there seeing some runners doing the virtual Dublin Marathon, then take a minute to stop and cheer them on. It really does give people a boost. And Shane Tobin, who will be doing the half marathon. Um, So there's options for the Dublin Marathon. I think you can still sign up and you can either do the marathon, the half, 10 miles or four miles. So if anyone's looking for something to do this coming weekend, it might be worth looking into that. And, uh, you know, maybe give yourself a little bit of inspiration for... Dublin Marathon 2021 with Charlotte. Absolutely. Uh, as I said, it's all part of the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge that you can register for at idonate.ie via my page or the challenge page itself. Sonia, thank you so much for doing another episode with us. Really really helpful. I'm looking forward to getting going or starting the building blocks of my speed work this week. My thanks to Brian Connolly for his production as always, to Tina and Mikey for making this possible. And again, a shout out to Jigsaw.ie. If you have the opportunity this week, if you don't want to take part in the challenge, uh, Jigsaw really does need your help in order to be able to sustain through this difficult time. And if anybody needs our help, it's the young people back home in Ireland who are struggling through this. Jigsaw has seen a 400% increase in traffic to their website. They simply can't keep going without our help. That's why we've started the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge. And I hope you'll come with me on it. Till next week, Sonia. Thanks so much. Uh, And look, take care of yourself. Get out there and get wrapped up and get running today. The cap and gloves are about to go on. I'm going (laughs) to face the rain and the wind. (laughs) Lovely. Well, make sure to post a photo in our in the running club uh, as I do. I encourage everyone to do that because we will be giving out some prizes, some Sonia merchandise and some Irishman running abroad merchandise to the best photos that appear there. Thanks again, Sonia. Talk to you next week. You're welcome. See you. Have a great week of running.